Welcome to Geeks and Jocks, a podcast that focuses on video games, film, television, and sports. And now, for the person who is in charge of this podcast, here is Ryan Sullivan. Hello and welcome to Geeks and Jocks. My name is Ryan Sullivan. And what this is, just a quick synopsis, is focusing on four things, film, television, video games, and sports. And maybe some personal things on my mind and a couple other things. But overall, those four things, unless noted otherwise. So let's get on to episode two, which is the closure of Telltale Games. So in recent weeks, the um, company laid off 90% of its um, employees. They were at 250 and they were down to 25. I don't know if they're completely closed or not, but it was a surprise to me at least and to a couple others that I work with at a job. Just because the thought process was that it was a strong company and some of their games were pretty good. But with all this stuff about crunch time, poor morale, and a few other things, um, it was just a toxic environment, and the result was pretty much, I think they're finished with doing any of that Walking Dead final season thing, and whatever other projects that they may have, and such a shame, really. So, getting into this, what it what was Telltale Games? So, Telltale Games formed in 2004. It was founded by several employees that used to work at LucasArts. And if you're familiar with the 1980s all the way up to the late 90s, early 2000s, and if you gamed on computers, then LucasArts might have been a part of your childhood, adulthood, whatever. Because LucasArts really was a huge hit with all their point-click games, a majority of them being well-regarded. You think about them, you think Maniac Mansion, the Indiana Jones games, Day of the Tentacle, uh, the Monkey Island games, and the huge success of these games, I mean, it prompted some of their employees to form other companies. One of the more notable ones was Humongous Entertainment. Now, for those who wonder what that was, it's child-based software, but in that style of LucasArts. There was the Putt-Putt Games, Freddy Fish, Pajama Sam, Spy Fox. They were similar to what LucasArts was doing with their point-and-click games. So um, that was their bread and butter in the 90s. But in the case of Telltale... um, This was when LucasArts stopped doing the point-and-click games. There were attempts to bring back the genre a little bit, and it was pretty notable for them. Uh, They started on the uh, Sam & Max games. For those who don't know, that was a LucasArts game, the first ones at least, coming out in the 90s. And then they attempted to make one in the 2000s, but it got canned, and Telltale decided to revive that project, came out 
in the 2000s. They made a couple more as well. But one of their first titles was actually not a point-and-click game. It was Texas Hold'em, or Telltale Texas Hold'em, a poker game. And surprisingly, the um, company made a couple more of them poker games. I think they were called Poker Night. But for the most part, um, they worked on a few of the uh, LucasArts-type games. Sam and Max was one of them. Uh, Monkey Island. I forget what the other one was. One of their major franchise things that they did was developing games based on the CSI uh, shows. And for those who don't know, it was one of CBS's biggest TV shows of the 2000s. The original was such a huge hit. I, I kid you not. It was a huge hit. Like the number one show for like a few years straight. And there had been CSI games before Telltale developed them. There were some on PC. And I think there was even one on the original Xbox. So for Telltale, they... They made the games in episodic format. They released them on, you know, PC, uh, 360, PlayStation 3, I believe, got a few. The Wii got a few. Uh, the games were not, they weren't well received, but they weren't panned either. Looking at reviews, and I mean, they got by on that. Even though they didn't publish them, it was Ubisoft that published it. But for the most part, they were doing games that based on licenses mostly. But it was you really didn't hear about Telltale really. But you know they gained national attention when they got three licenses from Universal, and with between 2010 and 2011, they made three games. And the first one, and I'm sure this caught a lot of attention was when Back to the Future, the game came out at the end of 2010 and was episodic format, five episodes between December 2010 and I think May of 2011. And it was kind of like the idea of almost like a four film, though I believe it's not considered to be canon at all. But it was a big deal because... Back to the Future at the time didn't really have anything new in almost 20 years at that time. I think the last thing they really had was the uh, cartoon that came around 1991-92. And no new movie since 1990 with part uh, 3. But it, it was liked and it made it to PS3, the computers, no physical release until uh, 2011 late that year with the uh, PlayStation 3, and even the Wii got uh, the game as well, all five episodes, which is surprising considering, you know, WiiWare and all that. But but it's a so shocker, too, that it didn't make it to the uh, 360 at first, but later got re-released when the movie celebrated its, well, the first movie celebrated its 30th anniversary, so... Uh, it's been out on uh, PS4 and Xbox One as well, so you'll have a good variety of systems to figure out which one you want <laughs> for the game. <laughs> uh, the other one was Jurassic Park. Uh, I believe it was one of the 
examples of a game that wasn't reliant on action. And I have the uh, Sega versions of Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Rampage Edition. Those are more action-type games, platformer, at least in the case of the first one. From what I understand, it's one of the few games that, from Telltale, it was a panned game critically. But still, it was a huge deal because there hadn't really been anything new with the Jurassic Park franchise in God knows when. And, like, the last movie at that time was in 2001 with Jurassic Park 3. So, about four years before Jurassic World. And the other franchise that they went with Universal with was uh, Law & Order. Now, I doubt it's anywhere on, that you can buy it from. And, from what I understand, you, you play it as, like, certain lawyers and detectives from the first Law & Order, which at that time it just ended the year prior, and Law & Order Special Victims Unit, which is surprisingly still on the air. I'm surprised on that. But still, I mean, to be able to play as those characters, I guess, I mean, that's, I mean, that's nice and all. But even with that, I mean, they got recognition telltale, and but they did not gain the big attention until the year later, early that year in 2012, when they released The Walking Dead Season 1 for PS3 and 360 and the uh, PC as well. And it was a very story-driven game. And you had to make decisions very quickly, which is one of my main criticisms of uh, Telltale when it comes to that kind of stuff. You have to make lightning-quick decisions. And I want to have some thought into it. And every once in a while I pause to think of my decision because uh, I I want to know what decision I'm making and know what I want to do before um, I have to make that choice. And... But nevertheless, I mean, it was a great story, and it was it was surprising, to say the least. It had some nice twists and turns as you play as Lee Everett, and you guide him and seven-year-old Clementine through a world populated by zombies, and, you know, walkers and roamers and all that stuff. And what I like about it is definitely the... Uh, the partnership and survival of those two characters. They rely on another to make sure things are okay. They have to be careful of any danger that lurks around and be weary of the people they are around, which you see a bit in the in the game where it's like, do you trust these kind of people or do they look good enough to be a part of your group, yada, yada, yada. And... The storytelling and everything is what made it such a huge hit and really why it was such a huge hit commercially as well. And you can't say much that has already been said. It's it's a great game. And this is where the criticism stems from what the closure of Telltale was, was that, and you can notice it with a lot of the other games too, was they didn't really change much with the engine to the games and the 
point and click type stuff. Uh, maybe something related to the property had to be used, but overall you're doing the same thing as The Walking Dead, just under a different coat of paint. And I noticed that a little bit actually when going through um, the Batman games this year. Uh, I, I'll get into that in a, in a minute, but as far as Telltale for me, um, I noticed them when the Back to the Future game came out, and it yeah, I was surprised, and it was one of those games I really wanted to play, but I didn't have a PS3, and I wasn't really interested in playing it on computers, but I did watch it on YouTube. I definitely followed it quite a bit with the um, episodes that were being followed, and I I liked it. I, I liked the story, and uh, like to me, the first movie is cons to me is one of the greatest movies ever. Maybe the greatest '80s movie ever. I'm torn between that or Die Hard, but that's a story for another day. Um, uh, the thing with that game is just, it's just, it felt like a movie. It felt like a, con a continuity, you know, in progress of what would happen if there was a uh, fourth movie in the franchise, which I doubt there will ever be another one, and I doubt there will ever be a remake until the filmmakers pass away. But I digress. And Back to the Future became the first Telltale game I played. I got it. I bought it in 2015, and I really enjoyed it, you know, on and off for about a year, and I, I went through it, I gladly enjoyed the story, I like the voice acting, it's done quite well, it feels very in tune with the movies, with the humor, the music, everything just screamed fourth movie to me, and I didn't really try anything else really with with other Telltale games until a couple of years ago. Well, actually last year with um, The Walking Dead. And I tried a demo of it, the first episode, on Xbox 360, and I liked it. because, And it's hard for me because I hate the show. I'll be one of the few things I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for if anyone watches this, but I hate the show. It is overrated as hell, and I just didn't find it interesting. But I liked the game because I felt like it, it had something going, and it had huge potential, and it grew into something really good. But if you're trying to escape with the group, taking care of Clementine, and just all sorts of things, that really made it feel like this feels a lot more entertaining than the show. And then I bought it on PS3, and I was I was entertained with the story. It was such such a gripping tale, and it was just phenomenal with you know the voice acting, what you had to do, and the surprises that they threw in, and probably one of the saddest endings you will see out of a video game. Like a guy I worked with, he. He was really upset with the ending of that game, like crying upset. And like, I mean, it says a lot about the kind of games that Telltale has been making the last six or seven years is, you know, 
it wants you to get sucked into it and to have this wide range of emotions and I didn't feel that way with the uh, Batman game this past year um, yeah, not the one that just came out last year but the 2016 one and I just I was shocked at what Telltale was able to do because I don't know if it's just because the way we view Batman in the movies and cartoons and other video games that aren't Telltale. Like, like it's gruesome and dark. And going through um, Batman the Enemy Within, I mean, you see stuff like people's fingers getting torn off and all that. Like, it almost feels like the comics in a way, even though... It's toned down a bit with the with the movies and you know everything that I just said. Like they're not afraid to let things loose. They're not afraid, and I mean it's it, it's a big deal to see some of these characters you know die like like the Riddler and even some of the uh, mob bosses like Carmine Falcone and even like Lady Arkham. At the, at the very end of the game. but And that is where we go to probably one of the big issues re regarding Telltale, the properties. Now for those who think, what, what are you talking about? Alright, properties uh, that exist to other companies, they cost money to buy. And it's been that way for a very, very long time. And depending on the property it can be pretty cheap to get or if it's something like if they were to do something like the Simpsons it would be very very expensive because even though the show has not been the same for 20 years or so um, the Simpsons is still a hot commodity in terms of merchandise and it would cost people who wanted to make one a ton of money that they would have to pay to Fox and if you were to look at some of the properties that Telltale had it's amazing how much they they bought some of these properties I'm gonna assume by that because after The Walking Dead they made stuff like Minecraft, Game of Thrones, of course Batman uh, the Wolf Among Us that was adapted from like a comic, and that, they were in the process. Uh, take it with a grain of salt with the Wikipedia stuff, but Game of Thrones was going to get another season. The Wolf Among Us was going to get another season. And I forget what the third one. Oh, they were going to make a Stranger Things uh, game based on that Netflix show that's uh, on the air. Um, but just I, I look at properties. And I look at I look at like Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, the books have been relevant for to a lot of people, and the HBO show has been a huge, huge hit. I'd say maybe even bigger than say The Sopranos or Curb Your Enthusiasm or what, any of those like late '90s, early to mid 2000s shows that were hugely popular at that time. And I feel like. That must have cost them a lot of money just to even get get the property and to get maybe some of the people that were involved in the show's production. 
whether it's you know voice actors or maybe people that that, that were involved in producing the show. And I gotta say the same thing with Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft has is probably one of the most popular kids products ever, and for the case of the 2010s, probably one of the most popular of the decade. And for them to 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 have that kind of game, a, a story-driven game, I mean, Minecraft at its core is creating your own place, surviving the area, and just doing all sorts of things uh, on, at your own pace and on your own or with a bunch of friends. I mean, there's there's a lot you can do despite how pixelated and blocky the graphics are. And for them to do a story adaptation, I mean, it's, it's a shocker that that was even one of their hits. And there was an there was someone that said that between The Walking Dead and Minecraft, the game sold very poorly. I kind of don't buy into that. I think the games must have sold decently, and I think it's a matter of the licenses. As I said, the licenses have got to be very expensive, especially if you're getting stuff like Game of Thrones. I mean, Batman itself, I mean... The license has been thrown around the last 30 or so years to various companies, whether it's Sunsoft, Acclaim, uh, WB themselves with the WB games, different developers working on it over the years, working on the IP. And Batman, I mean, especially since Batman Begins, I mean, it's been hugely popular. I'd say regardless of, say, Batman vs. Superman or any of that DC comic stuff like Justice League, Batman on his own is still a very, very popular product. And it's going to cost people a lot of money if you want to take it away from WB and try and make their own games. And it's sad in itself because they could have handled things on their own a lot better telltale and just everything just seems like it doesn't scream oh we're shutting down we're shutting down we gotta lay off all these employees we gotta figure out what to do our games aren't doing well as we thought and it just hurts what many looked at as a company that for the most part did decent critically and I would think the games done decent commercially but whatever the case I mean it's a sad end to a company that revitalized point-and-click games and drowned itself in in that same genre you know whether you know overproducing the games and each one feeling the same which I kind of tend to agree the engine itself I mean you could tell as I said I mean it's each game was the same, just under a different coat of paint. So where does the stuff go now? Well, I'm gonna assume that most of the most of the stuff um, they've got to be canceled. I can't see really anything else coming into play. Um, as far as The Walking Dead goes, I don't know what the deal is with finishing up the last season of it. I 
I don't know if it gets if it gets made, whatever. I mean, it, the property is going back to Robert Kirkman, who created the Walking Dead comic. It's a 15-year-old comic book series now, and whether he can get from what I read, the original crew back for that last season. I mean, that's going to be tough. It'll be very tough for Kirkman, whose company Skybound has the property to The Walking Dead now, which is good on him. But overall, I think um, more than likely it's just going to be in limbo unless something happens to where they can get the three episodes done. But, you know, there's more important things than them wanting the walking dead to finish up and you know these employees you know it's, it sucks for them that they don't have a job anymore the last few weeks and overall they they just hurt their legacy to tell telltale games uh i'm really just at a loss of words and to end this episode on a uh, sad note i mean it's it's tough. This has been episode two of Geeks and Jocks, the closure of Telltale Games. Come back next time for episode three.